Welcome back, everyone, to another Market Open live stream. Today, we are talking about jobs, which the jobs report comes out in about two minutes and 30 seconds. We will have the jobs report, current expectations for the jobs report, which we can compare expectations to reality. Expectations are that we are going to get 125,000 jobs. We could end up with a negative report, which means a loss of jobs. The expectation is 125,000. And remember, this survey was taken relatively during peak Omicron. Usually a survey is done between the second and third week of January. So at higher levels of Omicron, especially in like New York and other areas. Uh, we've got average hourly earnings are expected to go up 0.5%. This is probably going to be the most important number. Last month, they went up 0.6%. 0.5% is an annualized rate of 6% wage inflation. Average hourly earnings year over year comparing this uh, month to uh, last year, January, are expected to come in at 5.2%. The labor force participation rate is coming in at 60 or is expected to come in at 61.9. If the labor force participation rate goes up, that is a good sign. If the uh, month over month or year over year inflation numbers for wages go down, that is a good sign. Payroll, whether it comes in negative or way larger than expected, uh, it probably doesn't matter. The, the market's probably not going to be happy with any result. Uh, the market's probably going to be more interested in uh, what ends up happening with uh, the that inflation number. Uh, that inflation number is going to be much more critical. So uh, we'll see. Uh, it's supposed to come out about, uh, let's see here, 20, uh, about 45 seconds or so. So uh, we'll go ahead and be on standby for this. Uh, it does look like the market is a little bit softening just before this. Futures down just a tiny little bit uh, from some of the highs that we saw. Uh, yeah, but that's okay. We'll talk about those in just a moment. We'll see how the market's reacting. All right. Okay, we got about 15 seconds. Now, it is possible also that CNBC has this embargoed. So I'm going to uh, have them up over here as well. And let's listen in while we wait, see what it is. The government has been trying to take us out. Trump helped us stay alive in power. And recently the Biden administration, we were this close at the end of the year. And we were fighting really for the, for the people of Poland right. to be able to provide a fair and balanced news service. So, you know, in from from my okay. Oh my gosh, payroll went up a lot. Uh, went up four hundred sixty-seven thousand. That's a lot better than expected. Four hundred sixty-seven thousand. Uh, that is a that's a beat on the uh, payroll number. Strong economy here. Growth in leisure, hospitality. That is like three x the expectation. Uh, very very good. Four percent labor rate. Uh, little changed. Unemployment. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay. Among major worker groups, unemployment rate for men was three point eight percent. Let's see here. Uh, after accounting for annual adjustments, the labor force participation rate held at 62.6. Uh, uh, and uh, da, 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 da. so unemployment rate did go up to 4% instead of the 3.9 that we had. But again, 467,000 versus 125 uh, is a big thing. Uh, you're already starting to see treasury yields go up on this. Uh, a big beat was probably the, the least desirable because it, it again gives power to the Federal Reserve to go, all right, job market's good, even with Omicron. Okay, average hourly earnings went up. This is an important one. Went up 23 cents uh, to, 
okay, so we went uh, 3163 minus 0.23, 31.4. So let me divide that, divided by 31.4. Uh, that is, oh, that's higher than expected. That's uh, 0.0073 times 12. That's an annualized rate of 8.76. That's not good. That is more wage inflation pressure. And over the past 12 months, average hourly earnings went up 5.7%. I believe that is also a miss uh, to the worst side. Okay, it is. So the year-over-year -year expectation was 5.2. We got 5.7. The month-over-month -month was 5, uh, 0.5. We got 0.7. That is a uh, that is a double miss on the inflation number, and a hotter read uh, on uh, on on uh, the jobs report than anybody was expecting. I mean, you even had Jen Psaki coming out going, "This is going to be a bad jobs report." Uh, we're going to come in with a low number. The ADP numbers came in at uh, a, a substantially uh, lower figure than expected. Uh, and these inflation figures for jobs here came in a lot higher than expected uh, as well. So not a very good supportive jobs report here. Despite Omicron, we still ended up with wage inflation. Uh, and uh, we're seeing the S&P 500 not move horribly off of this. I mean, we're, you know, the, the SPY, for example, is down a couple points. QQQ in total, it's down about just roughly a third right now. Uh, QQQ also dropping to essentially flat. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, let's take a look at how some of the how some of our techs are, are moving on this. Uh, but that is definitely a, a worse jobs report for the purposes of inflation uh, and for the stock market. But for the purposes of individual workers, it's good. It means finally workers are getting paid more. Uh, you've actually got Snap moving up on the data, which is quite interesting. Uh, Spotify's moving down on the data. Uh, Facebook's moving down on the data. Uh, so, some of them clearly are not correlated here. Uh, Square moving down. Wish flat. Pinterest ticking down a little bit. Uh, Beyond Me ticking down a tiny little bit. Shopify ticking down a little bit. Etsy. Yeah, I mean, not, not major substantial moves here. I do want to see what the 10-year treasury is doing. Uh, and also, what are the big ones like Bill.com and Amazon doing? Barely moving, it looks like. Okay, Amazon moving larger. Uh, Amazon's only up about 11% right now in pre-market. This is in contrast to the about 17% uh, that it was up yesterday. Notice also that Affirm, for example, uh, which was up like 11% in after hours yesterday, is only up 2% right now. Uh, so it, it's it's really remarkable. And uh, it's it's worth noting that generally the only time you have this, this kind of insane uh, move these these insane like rallies and then these insane sell-offs that lead to more insane rallies and insane sell-offs is is during a bear market uh you know it's it's not it's not ideal uh but uh it, it can happen so that's something to keep in mind uh keep an eye on is that this this is a signature of a bear market this sort of uh insanity in the stock market but anyway again this report uh, coming in a lot stronger than expected. I do want to go through a few more details within it. And let's see if we can go a little bit deeper than what uh, probably mainstream media is going to go on this. Uh, okay, hold on a second to open this. Uh, I beat CNBC to it today. I, I was really impressed by that. You know, I think they were distracted by their interview, but that's not my problem. <laughs> Don't have an interview right before the jobs report. Again, the jobs report, really good for employees. Probably not so great for uh, for the stock market. So this is the January 2020. 
Okay, so uh, I'm gonna keep an eye. I'm gonna watch a spy as well right here. So yeah, look at that. Spy is now more rapidly approaching the uh, the Fibonacci at uh, 38.2. Uh, we are we're well below the 50 right now. So uh, running over to that 38.2. We'll see if we bounce off of that. But uh, let's go through this with a little bit more of a fine tooth comb. That that month over month inflation read was not good. But anyway, uh, unemployment rate did go up. The 4%, again, we saw that 467 in January. The expectation, folks, I'm going to write it down here, 125 expected. That's much uh, much better than expected. Uh, this is, this is I, I don't know how anybody could tell the Fed this is this is not, uh, you, know, uh, um, you know, evidence to, to potentially tighten more, right? Now, one of the things that was good that we saw was that this, un uh, this uh, employment right here, participation rate was expected to come in at 61.9 was the expectation. And it actually came in at 62.2. That's good. That is one of the things the Fed is waiting for. They want to see more participation because they believe that as that participation number goes up, we're actually going to be able to lower uh, the costs associated with workers. And that will slow down uh, wage uh, wage price pressures, right? So participation goes up, wage price pressures go down, less inflation risk. That is the hope. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I definitely believe Jay Powell is going to be raising rates soon. <laughs> I see somebody saying Jay Powell ain't going to raise them soon. I think that'd be a little wild for him not to. I mean, possible, but very unexpected. Uh, I do want to also just while we're looking at this because it's it's totally worth mentioning is the headline article. Oh yeah, BTC, by the way, also dropped. Of course, I am checking out uh, the usual FTX US. So check these out by the link in the description down below. Go to metkevin.com slash FTX US. But take a look at the headline here on Bloomberg. Where was it? It was here. America is facing a great talent recession. Uh, and, it's, and it's really interesting because, you know, when I ran for governor in California, the biggest thing that I ran on was what I call future schools and this idea that we should have trade schools or, or uh, rather than uh, rather than essentially the last two years of high school. And uh, I know some people hear trade school and it's like, ah, that's lame. No, no, no. The, uh, the idea was to have a future school that would teach a combination of uh, sales skills, business skills, uh, trade skills, like programming, nursing, whatever you want to pick and financial education. So that way, when people are 18 and they graduate, they don't necessarily have to go to college. They could just get a job. They could start working on robotics or automation or uh, whatever, right? And and so without reading and without reading this opinion piece yet, I'm just going to give you my big opinion that this is very true that we we don't have skilled enough labor in America. But the problem with that isn't people; it's schools. Uh, but you know, that's that's uh that's politics for you, and that politics sucks. Uh, nice S&P bounce nearly off of that 38.2 right there. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Uh, all right, let's jump back on over here. So uh, this news release, president, okay, let's see here. Hmm, both the unemployment rate and the number of unemployed persons at 6.5 million changed little in January. Still got a lot more people unemployed than usual. Unemployment rate is down by 2.4% over the course of a year. Um, okay, the, see, that's interesting. Unemployed people prior to the pandemic sat at about 5.7 million. 
And right now we're at about 6.5, which is only an 800,000 difference. But I think you have a larger group of those marginally attached to the labor force. Let's look at this here. Ooh, we've, this is actually, I think, one of the first times we've seen the uh, black unemployment rate under 7%, whereas the white uh, unemployment rate continues to be extremely low at about 3.4%. So big, big difference there. Uh, Hispanic at 4.9, Asian at 3.6. Among the unemployed, the number of job leavers has increased to 952,000 in January following a decrease in the prior month. Number of persons on temporary layoff at 959 in January also increased but is down over the course of a year. Uh, so this temporary layoff could be the Omicron thing right here. So we could end up getting a big banger of a report in uh, in February if these temporary layoffs come back. Number of permanent job losers at 1.6, little change. Number of person jobless for less than five weeks increased to 2.4. Yeah, we would expect this number to go up because of uh, Omicron again. Long-term unemployed has declined to 1.7 million. Measure is down from 4 million a year ago. Wow. Uh, wait, was this February 2021? You know, 2020, okay. Uh, uh -huh. Employment, let's see. Employment participation was at 63.4% back in February. It's good that we just saw a little bit of a bounce up uh, from 59.7 to 62.2, though. That's very good. Number of persons employed part-time for economic reasons at 37 Continues to decline. This is a very strong jobs report, honestly. Uh, this is very, very good. Number, see, this is this is probably the worst line right here. The number of persons not in the labor force who currently want a job was little changed at 5.7 million in January. Uh, this measure decreased by 1.3 million over the course of the year, but is 708,000 higher than Feb 2020. Yeah, it's so... This is where you've got a lot of people who want to work, but maybe they just don't have the skills to get a job uh, or, or they're, you know, they're misplaced or mistrained or whatever. Not their fault, probably schooling's fault. And uh, and so that makes it difficult to, to get a job. And that's leading to that potentially lower uh, workforce participation rate. It's all these things together, probably somewhere between three to four million people. Mm, okay, so in January, 6 million people reported that they had been unable to work because their employee employer closed or lost business due to the pandemic. Yeah, well, that's probably, again, because of the January Omicron, considerably higher than the 3.1 million in December. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then of course the the where the jobs came, 151k in leisure hospitality, uh food and drinking places 108,000, accommodation 23,000. Where did we see losses? I don't think we saw losses anywhere actually. Yeah, we didn't really see losses. Well, that's good. Transportation, warehousing increased. That makes sense. Oh, all right, good. Uh, unless we have losses here on the next page. Nope. And then, of course, this is the, the bad line right here because this works out to about 7.2% uh, annualized, uh, which is higher than expected. We were expecting like a 6% number. And then we were expecting 5.2 right here. And we got uh, 5.7. So those numbers, not so ideal. Average work week for all employees fell by 0.2 hours to 34.5. 
in January. Yeah. All right. Very, very, very interesting. So stock market in in reaction to this, not not like not, not cheering it, right? Not cheering this jobs report. But we, we, we have this consistent tug of war between the stock market and, uh, and and people, you know, workers. And that's what we're seeing is that the stock market wants workers and wants lower wages and wants less inflation. People want less inflation, but they want higher pay because of all the inflation. So they're demanding it. And a lot of people don't care about the stock market. They're just like, stop the inflation. You know, I, I think it's only somewhere around 50% of Americans actually hold stocks. And and if, if anybody got started investing in stocks in like December or January, they probably hate stocks. Uh, some people, if they got into the meme movement last January, February, they probably also hate stocks. You Again, you know, it's a sign of a bubble when, uh, when, when you're like at the dentist and they're like, yeah, you know, my buddy talked me into investing in workhorse. I'm like, oh. Yeah, no, that's not good. But uh, I, I mean, I feel bad for, for that one. But that was that was a big old momentum kill. You know what's insane is Oshkosh, the company that got the job, they said that only like 85% of their vehicles were going to end. I'm sorry. they Only about 15% of their vehicles were actually going to become electric. And then like two years ago, I'm sorry, two months ago, what am I saying? About two months ago, they're like, yeah, you know, it's going to cost us a lot more to have electric vehicles. Why don't we just make them all gas cars? And uh, so far, the Biden admin has not said anything about it, which which is quite wild. Uh, but yeah, Oshkosh, y'all really screwed us. Took took a contract from an electric car maker. That's uh, stupid. Okay, 10-year uh, treasury. Nice little jump here. We're at 1.89% right now. Uh, Five-year break-even rates relatively unchanged. Uh, although I don't actually think no, yeah, no, we're unchanged. Let me go to the last three days here just to see if I see any movement in it. It looks flat to me. Um, yeah, no, break-even rates are stable. So inflation expectations still stable at high, but uh, stable. Hmm. Let's see who reported this morning. Oh, thanks, Steve. Okay, it sounds like uh, uh, the uh, White House wants them to reconsider. Article just came out about it. Okay, well, that's expected because politically that looked really bad that they weren't saying anything. But that's good that uh, they're asking them to reconsider their contract price. Though the, the funny thing about that is Oshkosh is probably just going to go, okay, we thought about it. It's still a lot more expensive to do electric. Want to do that? <laughs> you know, uh, unfortunately. Uh, Justin Keefe here is upset saying my title is FUD, which my title is jobs report. Will it crush the stock rally? Gosh, I would hate for a question in a title to be considered FUD. Uh, whatever. The unemployment, uh, the unemployment data has something everyone for everyone as payroll surge defied expectations, nearly doubling the highest estimate in the Bloomberg economist survey, but the unemployment rate also rose thanks to an increase in the participation rate. Uh, earnings growth was strong at 0.7% on the month, 57 on the year. Really, there is something for everyone here. Bond bears can point to a strong headline in growth and wages. 
while low-rate apologists can cite the increased participation as the sign supply is coming back to the labor market. <laughs> yeah, they're not wrong. And remember, before the jobs report came out, uh, I, I said that. Uh, we've got this, uh, you know, triple thing of good news that could happen, which was uh, lower inflation on the month to month, lower inflation on the year to year, and uh, uh, and the participation rate goes up. We got higher, higher, and lower. <laughs> higher, 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 which was uh, two bads and one good. That's interesting. <laughs> Biden doesn't like gold, oil, drugs. You gotta add cannabis to that. <laughs> uh, EPA urges post office to reconsider gas-powered vehicle plan. They're not gonna want to pay for it, and they don't have the money unless they get unless they end up passing the Build Back Better plan. It ain't it ain't happening. Window washer says this is probably the most accurate title I could have put. Well, thank you for that. Mm. All right. Okay, so <laughs> let's go take a look at some headlines together and we'll see what's going on in Zaved. It is good that participation rate went up. All right. So we covered this. Amazon set to add more than $150 billion in wild value swing. Yeah, well, it's not going to make up for what Facebook lost yesterday of over 200 bill. Largest market value decline ever uh, in the history of the stock market. Mm, futures and bonds drop with jobs beating, beat fueling Fed bets. Oops. Uh, fueling Fed bets. Let's take a look just at it. Let's see. Equity futures fell after a better than expected jobs report. Contracts on the S&P and NASDAQ were a little changed after rising as much as 2.3%. Amazon trimmed its pre-market gains. Okay, we've already gone through this. Uh, a strong jobs report along with elevated inflationary economic data that we've seen could boost expectations that we'll see a 50 basis point rate hike in the March meeting. That's true. I still believe that 25 basis points is the base case, but 50 is not far off the table. Is not off the table. Volatile week. Yeah, no kidding. Now we're seeing a little bit of FOMO. All of a sudden, everyone's seeing numbers are good. I've got to get my exposure back. And that's what we're seeing in the aftermarket moves right now. Oh, this is talking about like the snap, the pins, uh, everything kind of ran, right? Dip buyers have hoped a strong earnings season would keep equities attractive and counter some concerns of tighter monetary policy and higher inflation. Look, um, Bill.com and Snapchat and Pinterest gave better guidance. So they gave good guidance, guidance for growth, right? But Amazon gave worse guidance. Google didn't give guidance. And most of the companies, uh, have, well, I shouldn't say most, uh, but there are a lot of companies have reduced guidance. Uh, Qualcomm was another one that, that did increase guidance, though, as well. Uh, they really deserve to rally. They had such a good report. Uh, let's see here. Mm -hmm. Signs of stubborn prices. Price pressures increased. After data showed U.S. gas prices surged to their highest level in more than seven years, crude oil extended a fresh seven-year high in early trading with banks, including Goldman Sachs, forecasting the Brent will hit $100 a barrel. You know, yesterday in the uh, – this is true. This And actually, it was one of the things I said at the beginning of the live is like probably no matter which way the headline number goes, the stocks will not like it. 
Uh, and, and Roy, you've nailed it here. Strong jobs report, sell-off. Weak jobs report, sell-off. No way. It, bingo. Because one says stagflation and the other says more tightening. <laughs> uh, you know? Uh, so it's quite interesting. Uh, I mean, but this is a this is a barely a mover here, which is kind of shocking given the incredible uh, run there from Amazon. U.S. 10-year sitting at uh, almost 1.9 here. And oil... Wow, Brent is almost at $93. Holy moly. Wow. Oil extends gains above $90 per barrel as winter storm sweeps through United States. I literally was going to read that as Texas, which I believe is true, but uh, it says United States. <laughs> I was about to say Texas. We're getting late in the cycle. The market is becoming more selective. The tide will no longer lift all boats and the market will become less and less forgiving in our view. Going forward, we feel investors will need to cut losses quickly and focus on margins rather than top or bottom line. Yeah, margins are something, uh, specifically free cash flow, that uh, a lot of companies are really trying to talk up to get investors to stay with their companies. Uh, and, and one of the ways they're doing that is by talking about how phenomenal the pricing pressures are and pricing powers are. Uh, you know, I mean, every, every almost every report I go through, uh, including GM, Ford, uh, AMD, Ralph Lauren, uh, Amazon, Vista Outdoors, uh, everybody, everybody, everybody is talking about price pressures. Uh, it, and and or maybe not just price pressures, but pricing power, uh, Starbucks, you name it. And, and pricing power is great for businesses because it can buoy margins, right? But it's bad for inflation, especially since companies are kind of slow at doing price increases. For example, Vista Outdoors. Oh, we passed a price increase in January that goes into effect in April. So in other words, last month they increased prices, but those prices won't go into effect until April. Well, if every company is doing that, then you might continue to see high inflation until, well, April. Uh, and if you think about what the Bank of England said yesterday, which if you haven't watched that video yet, highly encourage you watch it. It's basically... When inflation was was what the video was called, and uh, this was the Bank of England that uh, uh, shouted that out. So uh, check that video out if you haven't yet. Actually, not a lot of people really seem to care about, which I was surprised because I wrote it was new report when uh, when peak pain. Uh, hold on, where was it? When inflation will uh, hear it at home? Okay, there we go. Uh, when inflation pain will peak, and uh, you know, to me. That was quite interesting. I don't know if I just posted it too late or what, but anyway, I think it was a really good report. They talked a lot about the U.S. So uh, hawkish comments from the ECP, ECB, and Bank of England. Uh, let's see here. Uh, talk about the interest rate hikes to quell inflation. God, and that's the end of that. Okay. Anyway, very neat. Uh, that uh, we're, we're. It seems to me that we're getting this overall alignment. Uh, in not only what companies think, but also what central banks think. Now, they could all be wrong. I mean, we've seen central banks be wrong before. You can't trust JPOW anymore as far as you can throw them. But, uh, oh well. All right. Hopefully, we do get that kind of inflation peak in April. So, crypto trading volume slows. Uh, boating ill for exchanges. Ooh. Yeah. Coinbase don't like that. Let's take a look here. Right, and they use the Coinbase picture. During the brutal cryptocurrency sell-off last month, volumes also tumbled, a development that doesn't bode well for exchanges of the digital tokens. Total spot volume slumped to 1.8 trillion 
in January, a decline of more than 30% from the previous month. Wow. That's actually a, that's a big decline. Holy moly. Uh, somebody here says they made $300,000 shorting PayPal, 200,000 shorting uh, Facebook, and 100K long on Snap. Wow. <laughs> uh, that is amazing. Uh, learned lots from you. Thanks, Kev, for the deep dive due diligence and transparency. Livestream RuneScape Birching. <laughs> yes. That'd be amazing. Uh, wow. So, okay. Uh, total spot volume slumped to 1.8 trillion in January. Declined to more than 30% from the previous month. Hmm. Exceptionally quiet fearsome and uncertain time for crypto well if you don't have fear in crypto make sure you go to metkevin.com ftx us and check out an amazing trading platform and get the benefits listed down below in the description for the uh whether you're international then go to metkevin.com ftx or if you're in the u.s go to ftx.us all right so smart money as they say doesn't sleep it takes holidays but retail traders in crypto they do take a break especially when they get hurt the declining trading volumes will have a direct impact on revenues for Coinbase, Robinhood, and so on, according to Bloomberg Intelligence. Roughly 90% of Coin's revenue and 40% of Robinhood's revenue is driven by crypto trading. Wow. Bitcoin, uh, yeah, that's incredible. Hood has already articulated expectations for softer earnings results for Q1, particularly because of the crypto slowdown. Uh, crypto has lost a fifth of its value this year. Well, and then, of course, BTC, we know, is is down about half from its highs. That's wild. Uh, those are some wild declines here in volume. Yeah, definitely not good for Coin or Robinhood. I do wonder how, how Coin has been doing. Well, let's take a look. Okay, Amazon's barely holding on to that 11%. Barely. Okay, let's see here. Uh, Coin's at 181. You know, some of these numbers get so low, we should really look at what they're getting priced at uh, in in terms of uh, their multiple. Uh, quick note here, losers here. Wow, Ubiquity got hit. I wonder what I, I'm going to look at Ubiquity's earnings yesterday uh, really quick because so they reported, but I didn't cover their earnings. And they've been a very consistent and stable stock at about $300 during all of the madness of the software sell-off and uh, the tech sell-off, whatever. They've regularly been sitting at $300. And it's only been in the last couple of days that they've actually sold down. Okay, so Ubiquity just reported this morning. Uh, their second quarter revenue was $431 million, down 10% year over year. Their, oh, wow. Their adjusted e, uh, uh, EPS came in at $166, down from uh, the estimate of $2.32. That's quite a big miss on, on EPS here. They did declare a $0.60 cent dividend. Unfortunately, that didn't help much to buoy the stock. It, it is now down about 8.11%. Ford also uh, down about uh, 7% here. A lot of talk by Ford about the supply chain. Uh, and uh, I can't. I can definitely say the more I read the Ford earnings call, the more I kept thinking about Tesla and how great Tesla is. Tesla, Tesla, Tesla. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, yeah, they were talking about really expecting low inventory throughout 2022, seeing supply chain constraints and commodities, uh, disruptions with manufacturers, transportation. Uh, they do expect those to ease in 2022, but uh, not go away. 
Uh, they do also, though, expect strong pricing pressures. Mm -hmm. Okay, what else do we have here? Embraer is at 14 bucks. They've actually, I mean, I think they came out like, what, 16 But they haven't been doing terribly. Like, at one point, they ran up to almost 1940 That was a little wild. I think this is when there was peak excitement around the SPAC. Uh, because they they're spinning off a spag. No, that wasn't that wasn't in October though. That was more in December. Not nah, oh well. So uh, then you've, you've got some other miscellaneous followers here. Uh, here. Uh, Apple down one point three. Adobe down one point five. I wonder if they're reacting to the jobs report. Yeah, it would seem so. Look at that. Right at five thirty, you start getting this sell off at Apple. Uh, and really, to me, this is just a representation of markets. Again, pricing in chances of, of that, that 50 basis point hike in March. And remember, we don't need to have a unanimous vote. That's the big thing is that this is like this could be like the Supreme Court. You know, where you end up having a, a divided kind of response on voting. Yeah, U.S. futures slipped after stronger than expected payroll and earnings data put uh, focus on, on already intense inflation anxieties. Yeah, I don't say. Uh, okay, so I do quickly want to look at the forward on some of these companies, and, and I'm going to write them down as I do them. So just so we can kind of compare a little bit here. Let's do Apple. Okay, I'm going to write these down as forwards. And today is forwards for Feb 4. Feb 4. All right. Let's do a little multiple calculation. It is, it's obviously an earlier day here. So we have a little bit more time to do even some fundamental digging around. Uh, so let's do some of these for fun here. So Apple. All right. Let's see what we have. So Apple has growth expectations in 22, 23, 24, 25 of really probably an average of about 6%. You know, that's down from like this insane, like 33 to, to 29% growth that we saw during the pandemic. Uh, and, and even, you know, as we came out of the pandemic. But uh, their earnings per share for 2025, just for giggles here, is expected to be about $7. They're a $172 company. So that puts them at about 24.6 times PE. Uh, 24.6 forward PE and with a 6% growth, gosh, that's like a four on the peg ratio. It's quite high. You're, you're, you're paying a lot for low growth unless they can beat that kind of growth expectation. Their present PE ratio though, sitting at, yeah, so their EPS just isn't expected to grow that much. 2021, $6.00. So 172 divided by six rather than seven. That's 28.6. That's interesting. 2025 and a 20, what did I say? 20, I'll call it 29, 2021. Hmm. I think a lot of people fleeing into Apple, uh, pushing that, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, pushing the flight to safety argument has, has really pushed up the valuation here on Apple a little bit. Uh, let's do another one. Let's do like, I don't know, 
let's look at something like SoFi, right? Because SoFi in the fintech space has been getting killed on these lower volumes. And when you get these lower volumes, like what, what we just saw in Bloomberg or even lower crypto volumes, which is something else that SoFi benefits off of, uh, they do provide crypto services. I believe they do through Apex. But anyway, their 2025 EPS is barely expected to go positive at 51 cents. But if I put down SoFi, uh, 2025 at 51 cent EPS, that gives us about, what is that, like a 22 times? Gosh, that's less than Apple on the forward, divided by 0.51. Yeah, that puts us at 22.7. And their growth is expected to be, you know, over over 30%. Uh, 22.7 PE growth over 30%. Uh, so, so that's a peg of under one. And that's interesting too. Yeah, Apple's down a little bit in the pre-market. So uh, really an interesting shift there on valuations. Apple's really run up. Let's compare Tesla. Uh, yeah, watch the first five minutes of the video on 2X if you want to know how the jobs report was. You know, that's that's always for, for the person who just joined. <laughs> All right, let's look at Tesla. So Tesla is expecting about <clears throat> a $19 EPS. And I think that's probably low. Uh, Tesla's probably going to kick kick these estimates out of the water. But let's just go with it. Let's go with about $19. And that would give us a future 2025 price to earnings divided by 19 of about 47. Oh, it's really come down. Good. And uh, the growth rate is expected to be realistically over well in excess of 30%. If not 50%. That's what Elon says. So <laughs> uh, it's not terrible for 2025. Yeah. Okay. Let's do. I'll, I'll, I'll do another one. Let's do. I don't know if a firm has any projections of being profitable yet by 2025. Though is the problem. It's one of the reasons the firm sold off so much. It's a great company, but they're investing so much. Yeah. No. No present. Uh, presently expected path to profitability. We do expect them to be profitable in the future, unless, of course, we go into a recession. Uh, I will be very clear, and I've already been very clear, the worst potential stocks to own going into a recession are probably ones that hold loans, because those are going to be the first things that stop getting paid during a recession. Uh, class started 30 minutes ago. <laughs> Current forward PEs. Oh, thanks for doing this calculation. Look at that. Facebook at 18, Apple at 28, Amazon 55, uh, Netflix at 36. That... I don't know if that's correct for, for Netflix data from watch. I don't know what year they're using, but that's, that can't be right on Netflix. I will check. I'll look at Facebook too. That's a good idea because it's fallen a lot. Uh, okay. How do I become a member? There's a join button that you could see next to the subscribe button, but you can't see it on an iPad or iPhone. Okay. Let's try Facebook. That's a good idea. <clears throat> Okay, so Facebook, yeah, here we go. Facebook is expecting earnings in 2025 of $22. Wow. Uh, $22. That actually puts their PE, oh, wow, that's cheap. 
237 divided by 22. They're selling for 10.7 times on the PE, and their growth is expected to be in the neighborhood of 14, 15%. That's not bad. You know, that's a peg of about one. Not bad at all. Uh, let me look at Netflix because I don't I don't believe their forward is 55. It should be substantially lower than that. It should be, but we'll see. All right. So Netflix. Netflix, we're looking at 21.25 EPS by 2025. And if I kill 405 divided by 21. Yeah, see, that brings me to 19.3 forward it depends what year they were using though if they're if they're doing the forward of 2022 which a lot of these i think that's probably what y charts using the 2022 um you could see that okay and and their growth is expected to be around 12 percent. so it is a peg ratio of a little bit over one now that their price has gone up but that's not bad not bad either uh at, at least from what we've been used to right all right we'll, we'll take a quick break on on this one here uh, oh, you know, pay, uh, let me do PayPal really quick. That is also an interesting one that has just gotten crushed. And uh, Fed swaps now show a three-quarter uh, point hike is priced in. Mm. I want to pull that up. I want to see it myself. In, uh, in June. I forgot to say that part. <laughs> a three-quarter rate hike in June, which is interesting because we have we have uh, March, May, and June for uh, for their meetings. Take a look at this. This is the uh, bond market monitor, and uh, we are wow. Okay, this is quite interesting. The market is pricing in a hundred percent chance of a quarter percent rate hike. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. Yeah, 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 they are. Okay, 100% chance of a quarter point rate hike and only a 14% chance is being priced in of a 50 basis point hike in March. That means if we get a surprise to 50 points in March, the market's going to lose its poop. It's going to freak. In May, we've got uh, an 80% chance of having that. So the market's basically pricing in one rate hike per meeting. And anything that changes these expectations is going to freak out the market a little bit. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, this was pretty much already priced in the uh, the three quarter in June. So that that's not that big of a surprise. Uh, and then we're 50-50 in July as to whether or not we'll have a fourth rate hike by July. So that's still up in the air. But so far, it looks like the market's pricing in three rate hikes. And the Federal Reserve does not like surprising the market. So... You know, it, it, it causes too many, too many heart palpitations. Okay, PayPal has earnings of about $9 expected with somewhere around 18% growth. Uh, $9 in expectations. The thing's trading for like 124 That's only 13 times for PayPal. That's cheap. Uh, well, I should say it's it's cheaper. Because we are looking at the forwards, right? We're looking at 2025 forwards. Uh, and 18%. Yeah, that's a peg of under one for sure. Wow. 
Yeah, that's that's not a bad one. I think Squ Square's also fallen so much. We may as well look at Square really quickly. Uh, yeah, I'll let me talk about this in one second. EPS I had for uh, PayPal 2025 at about nine bucks. Square, in comparison, is we're looking at uh, four dollars and forty cents on Square EPS for forty a. Oh, let's see. That's a growth rate. What a mixed growth rate. What a disaster here. Probably somewhere between 15 to 25%. I'm going to go with more like an 18% as an average there. Uh, that puts their PE at about 20, right? 101 divided by 4.4. Yeah, 23. Okay. That's their forward PE. Yeah, I mean, some of these prices have definitely compressed. Okay, so I do want to just mention this though here. Uh, so somebody's saying, "Hey, you know, why why basically buy gold when when you could get eight percent on USDC or Polkadot eight percent or whatever?" Fair question, right? The problem is if you if you do, and this is only if, it's it's not a problem in a bull market. You know, it's it's easy to make money on stable coins in bull market. If you go into a recession and stable coins in a recession have the chance of being the victims of uh, a lot of like um, uh, potential illiquidity, then then these yields could come at a, at the worst possible time where maybe you wanted the money to go buy the dip or something and then you can't potentially withdraw it. I think you'll lose your mind. Uh, a lot of people will. Uh, and and that, that could kill the stable coin. But, uh, you know, that's only in the event of a crash. That would be like your your absolute worst case scenario. This is not an issue that you have with something like gold. It is is you know your liquidity for gold should be much more certain than your liquidity for a stablecoin, which we are uncertain about in an actual recession, if and when we potentially do hit a recession. So, uh, I, look, I'm not like trying to tell you to buy gold. Uh, personally, I'm just saying this because people keep asking me like, why, why not cash? Now, I think I just need to make a video on that. Uh, or, or why not stablecoin over cash? I should do the math on that because honestly, if I threw it all into USDC, that'd be crazy. I and mean, let's just take one, two, three, one, two, three times 0.08. Uh, oh my gosh. That's 133k a month. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's intoxicating. Maybe I shouldn't have done the math, <laughs> but anyway, uh, maybe I'll do a video on that. It's quite interesting. All right. So uh, let's take a look at some of our movers here pre-market. Uh, yeah, and then we can look at things like Etsy and that. Sure. So what do we got here? We've got Snap at 43%, not as high as the 60% that we saw yesterday. Uh, but still very good. Right now it's sitting at about $35, which is basically where it sat two days ago, which is kind of wild. Bill.com is sitting at $205, up about 20%, which on the hour chart is basically also where we sat two days ago. Amazon at 31 also where we were two days ago. That's kind of wild. That even though we're seeing these insane moves, everything's kind of just where it's been the last two days. It's like a Tesla. Tesla. 
Tesla is stuck in the mud over here a little bit. Pre-market up slightly, but it's really kissing this, this support line over here at 880. does seem to be rising a little bit here. we got 15 minutes to go until the open. Seems like things are a little bit more excited again. Yeah, there we oh, look at that perfect bounce on the SPY. You can't make this stuff up. That is the most perfect bounce off of the 38.2 on the Fibonacci. We were talking about that earlier, about how the Fibonacci um, uh, is 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 going to be a big deal here, and we'll see if we end up bouncing off, and we literally did. Uh, wow, that's crazy. Okay, so QQQ. Someone here says the Fed Reserve is just going to go gung-ho whichever way they want. I hope not. You know, they, they really tell us that they try to be as uh, as as upfront as possible so that in order, in order not to uh, shock markets, right? Somebody here says Pinterest was up 25%. Now it's only six. Is that true? Wow. Whoa. Look at that. Do you imagine going to sleep after Pinterest reported thinking Pinterest was going back to $32? And then waking up to find it at $25. Ouch. Oh, yeah, look at that. Look at this, like these distortions here. And uh, really what, what this continues to reiterate here is people are selling the rip. You know, every time we get these rips, it's just another opportunity for somebody to get out. Tesla was on front page New York Times paper. Uh, uh, that was with the seatbelt. How they're going to fix the seatbelt chime issue with the uh, over-the-air update. I don't think that was really that big of a deal. I mean, after all, over-the-air updates are like the cheapest kind of recall you could potentially do. And it's not like Volkswagen, where when they have an over-the-air update, you have to actually bring it into the shop. <laughs> Sorry, that's that's a mean reference to something true that did happen with a Volkswagen. But I'm not sure if that's still happening. That had happened in the past. Unity. Yeah, well, I'm definitely seeing some of that euphoria get pulled out. Uh, and it wasn't necessarily just the jobs report that saw that uh, that euphoria peak. The market is broken, they say on CNBC. No, I don't think the market is broken. I think the market is, is signaling in every possible way uh, the uncertainties of this bizarro market that we're in right now. It, it, it's weird because it's different. You know, we're, we're used to normal buy the dip markets. This is not a normal buy the dip kind of market because the, uh, the, the underlying mechanics of the business cycle are totally different right now. Uh, and, and hopefully, hopefully things just level off as they say, I just hate that phrase a lot because that's what they said during 2006, you know, 2006, everybody was talking about how we're coming in for the soft landing. It's all going to be okay. We're going we're gonna to land smoothly. And, and you know what? This is just a minor correction, uh, a little, you know, valuations were high anyway. And then, then we'll just, we'll, we'll moon from there. That was 2006 talk. You know, and all the haters and morons are like, oh, but were you trading in 2006? You were 14. And it's like, have you ever heard of history? <laughs> That's kind of like, well, how do you know about the Great Depression? Were you trading during the Great Depression? 
People are morons. <laughs> oh my gosh. If anything, you could oftentimes learn more studying the past because you have the answers, you know, when you're going through it, sometimes you, you just turn the blinders on and emotion takes over. And, uh, you know, you, so you really, as much as possible, want to try to take the emotion out of investing and look at, uh, it, 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 how history guides us. Yeah. Uh, all right. So snap over here. What do we got? Snap, uh, 44%. Uh, yeah. I mean, still, still getting a little bit of a slip over here. Let me take a look. Uh, let's do a little more of that fundamental too. I like that. All right. A little bit of a capping out there. Yeah. All right. Not a big deal. Okay. Wow. Why is Ford still going? Yeah. Look at that. Ford just pushed down again. That's another percent there on Ford that it pushed down. Hmm. And uh, Facebook down another 2% in the pre-market here. How about PayPal? Yeah. All right, let me get into Etsy numbers here. Uh, Etsy, Etsy, Etsy. Ford is dead, says someone. Uh, watch the first five minutes, and then you'll get some of the summary of the jobs report. But uh, very, very briefly, uh, participation up, inflation up, <laughs> like way more than expected. The inflationary numbers in that jobs report was the problem. Okay, so if we look at Etsy, Etsy has an expected $8 EPS in 2025. Let's write that down. Etsy, $8. That would put them at, wow, they're only 127 bucks right now. No, that can't be. I thought they jumped in pre-market. I thought they went back over to like 130 or 140 in the pre-market. What happened? I will look at that in one sec. 16, it's selling for about 16 times, 2025. And its growth is expected to be about 22%. That's pretty good. That's also under a peg of one. Not bad. But what happened to them in the pre-market? Because I thought they were selling for a lot more. Oh, yeah. We should do some short interest data, too, before the market opens. Oh, yeah. 127. Oh, wow. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. After hours, we ran up to 141. And it just got sold off almost instantaneously. It's just that's the market, you know, if people want to get out. So as soon as they see the opportunity to get out, they get they get out. Okay, let's do short interest data. That's a good idea. Yeah, especially I want to see that inflection on Kathy's fund because shorts have slowed on Kathy's and potentially inflected down. But I want to see if people are reload, reloading that shotgun. Somebody here says, I sold Etsy at 140 for a small loss. Aha! It was Daniel! <laughs> Daniel did it. Daniel sold at 140. Literally timed the top of the aftermarket. <laughs> Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> Damn, Daniel. <laughs> Thank you, Parandal. All right, let's get the short numbers. Eight minutes to market open. Quick reminder, if you want to trade, 
crypto, which has been pretty easy to trade thanks to the constant support lines that we keep going back to. Uh, make sure to check out uh, metkevin.com slash FTX for international or metkevin.com slash FTX US for uh, US uh, traders. Check out those descriptions in the link down below. Apple wins trial in $1.1 billion Caltech patent case. Wow. Wonder if we'll see a move there on Apple. I see here. That could move the indices too. Yeah, yeah, Apple likes this news. It's still down about 0.69%, but uh, not as down as it was earlier. All right, let's do some short interest here. Charlie. Okay, so you're looking above my head here. 2.68% on Tesla. All right, let's go, let's go get some here. Uh, MTTR. Yeah, retail's been slowing. 11.51 on Matterport. Kind of stable, if anything. Tiny little bit down. Ooh, look, ARC. They had a little bit of reloading here on ARC. See, the last few days here, things went down a little bit. Now it's starting to tick up again. How about SPY puts? SPY and QQQ puts. Well, shorts, not puts. Uh, this is not going to show us options. Yeah, SPY puts are in, or uh, SPY shorts are increasing. 15.5% short on the S&P 500, 14% short on the QQQ. I mean, this could be some massive, sh this could create some serious short covering rallies. Shift Technologies, 31.98, still high. My gosh. SoFi, yeah, we'll do that. 32.62, Tattooed Chef, still up there. SoFi is 14.06% climbing, climbing shorts. Lemonade, 36.41. Had a little spike there, but stable. Let's do Baba. I don't think they're very short. Oh, yeah, 1.73. But even that's moving up again a little bit. Enphase, 3%. We did ARC. Affirm, also increasing. We're going into higher numbers here on, on almost everything. Uh, 1.98% on Hippo. I don't think a lot of people know about Hippo. Smile Direct, 31.26. Ooh, the shorts on SQQQ. I don't know if I could do that. I mean, I'll try. People shorting SQQ, that would be bullish. <laughs> yeah, and the bullishness is going down. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Good old inverses. Coinbase, only 3.35. Wow. Clove. Oh, the momentum ones. 10.12. How about laser? Okay, four minutes to go here until open. Laser almost 17% short now. Whoa. Corsair. 31.5. I mean, we're at some of the highest levels of short. Oh, whoa. Look at this. Uh, Steve mentions uh, Russia and China agreed a 30-year gas deal via new pipeline to settle in euros. This is Russia preparing for U.S. sanctions, moving away from settling in the dollars. That's true. That is true. You get uh, right now the uh, you, you're the petrodollar, which is basically how oil gets settled in uh, in, in the U.S. dollar. And uh, here's a way to sort of escape that. I want to look that story up. All right, we're going to take a little break on the short interest here. Let me see. It's a good one. All right. Well, we can come back to short interest later. Oh, I will quickly do Palantir. And I thought we already did Matterport. 
Palantir 5.7. If anything, it's been stable to the down. Matterport is what, 11? Yeah, 11.51. Okay, let's see here. What do we have? If I have that headline here on Russia. No, not yet. Coles rejects takeover offers. Hertz names ex Goldman financier. Okay, that doesn't matter. Mm, U.S. must fix talent recession to beat China. Yep, we talked about that earlier. Russia, China, Euro, oil. Oh, uh, 22 hours ago, it was May sign. Oh, no, here, Bloomberg signs. There it is. Ah! I hate that! <laughs> Stupid sign-ins! Uh, I gotta pick the chimneys. Hold on one sec. <laughs> oh my gosh. I wonder how much that's hitting the dollar. Alright, let's take a look here. There you go. Yeah, look at that. Russia forged a new long-term supply deal with China as the Kremlin aims to strengthen its ties with the Asian nation amid souring relations with the West. Wow. <clears throat> Friendship between the two states has no limits. There are no forbidden areas of cooperation. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine Putin saying that? There are no forbidden areas of cooperation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's fancy. Uh <laughs> Russia's relations with the Western nations have deteriorated. Gas prices in Europe have hit record levels. Traders have been following uh, the flow of Russia's energy exports closely. Standoff over the Ukraine is amplified. New route to China will deliver 10 billion cubic meters per year over 25 years via a new pipeline. Wow. Delivering gas to China's northeastern tip makes this project strategically attractive for China. He... Ah. Wow. I want to go visit the pipelines. It'd be kind of cool to see those. All right. Let's see how the sticks are doing. Apple is going to help pull up some of the indices, I feel like. <laughs> Putin smiles at the Olympic ceremony. I can only imagine. All right, so let's just grab a few here because the bell's in about 20 seconds. Hey, Tesla is up about 0.71%. I want to watch Amazon. These are the ones I really want to watch into open. Amazon's up about 12%. I want to watch these into the open because I want to see if, if, if uh, institutions are going to sell this or if they're going to buy this news. I mean, look, I, you know, that, it's frightening to people because what people are saying is, all right, is the two-year going to trade through that 30 years? recession now how do you have a recession and have job growth the likes of which we rarely ever see i don't know but, there, <laughs> but yes it's it's the the short end is saying look out and the short end is saying don't buy bristol mark uh, okay there's our open wages red 80 percent red there on the open jim kramer just said how do you have a recession with job growth at levels the likes of which no one has seen before let me make that really easy for you, Jim. The more job growth we get, the more the Fed can focus on inflation. The more the Fed jacks up rates and, and, and creates uh, any kind of limited spending, the more likely it is we have 
negative GDP. If we end up having negative GDP costs because we're comparing to 2021, we are in a paper recession. And when we enter a paper recession with negative GDP comps, and all of a sudden everybody's looking at the Fed going, yo, Fed, you're going to bail us out. And they're like, sorry, we can't. We have to keep hiking rates. Then we're going to go into a real recession. And then that's how you go into a recession when jobs are actually doing really good. And then only after you enter that real recession do you actually see jobs going the other way. So jobs are not your leading indicator for a recession at all. Uh -uh -uh -uh. Jobs are the lagging indicator. Jobs are what goes wrong. When you're in a recession and people start firing people, that's when the problem comes. Come on, Jim. You should know that. You called Bear Stearns. Okay, all right, sorry. That was that's a low blow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh there's Amazon. Amazon uh only up about 9.3% right now, which I I know is wild to say it's only up 9.5% or whatever. I mean, that's great. But uh you did get a little bit of selling right here on the open. Uh, Snap is actually moving up uh, at the open here. Look at that. Snap is trying to really push a, a push a value here uh, up to about 36.6, which is a nice pop from about that 35-ish level where we were in the pre-market here. Trade Desk is liking this. Looks like Amazon, yeah, Amazon's still kind of slipping here, but uh, it might start U-turning green here in just a second based on the wicks there. We'll, we'll see. Uh, XPEV is, is running for some reason here. Maybe we find out. Uh, trade desk looks like, wow, Pinterest is only up 3.6%. It was up like 25% in the pre-market or post-market yesterday. Dutch bros up another 3% here. Affirms only up about two tattooed chef up about two. I mean, we've got some green here. Yeah. Look at this one. What's this? Oh, Dwack. Of course the anti-Biden bet. <laughs> Honestly, don't blame it right now. Uh, it's done very well. Etsy kind of dropping a little bit here. If I could click end phase, there we go. End phase trying to pop a little bit. Ford selling off a little bit more here. Ford now down almost 9%. Oh, uh, Facebook down about 2%. Somewhat stable there at the open. Ubiquity down 7.5%. Google down another 2%. I mean, look at this had such insane Wall Street bets momentum when the stock split was announced. Everybody wanted to pile into Google. And remember, they didn't give guidance. And everybody else said that uh, their advertising expenses are going down in Q1. So that's not so great. Uh, and Google didn't give guidance. They just talked about their their ravishing Q4. Here's Lucid continuing to trickle down a little bit. Uh, Palantir down about 1.2. Apple rotating a little bit more down here at the open. Yeah. So, But then again, it's been very common for us to see this red the first few minutes. And uh, then we end up, you know, getting some green later in the day. That's sort of just been the, the pattern of the past uh, few days here. The SPY is only slightly negative. I mean, golly, if you're investing in a SPY, big deal. That's It's move 0.18, <laughs> you know. Uh, let's do QQQ. For compare. Oh, that's in the same place. Yeah, it's basically the same thing today. Lasers flat. Okay, good. So, oh, whoa, look at this. Look at this insane... See, come on, folks. This is what I'm talking about. You get the number up, and then what happens? Sell the rip. There's Snapchat. Sell the rip. Uh, it's it's uh, it's very very bizarre. Amazon uh, first green candlestick is trying to form right now to get it back to about ten percent. 
I don't know what ran Xping here. Maybe that was uh, Kathy Wood buying some more. Uh, that Kathy Wood's kind of become my like generic term for uh, what's it called? Um, institutions. <laughs> but anyway, uh, a couple percent now only on on Trade Desk here. Uh, it feels like some things are ro more things are rotating down than up right now. Yeah, Baba kind of pulling down a little bit. Whoa, Carnival's under twenty dollars again. Upstart is under a hundred dollars again. Robinhood's under fourteen dollars again. Google's selling down. That's gonna pull the indices here. Ubiquity's almost down ten percent. So is Ford. It's almost a oh, oh. no. It, it's not a fun market. I you know and it just. Yeah, I you know I I don't like it when when uh, people have to deal with this kind of garbage uh, market. Uh, hold on, what's the breaking news? Of Americans had to call out. Some were not paid. They ostensibly would not be. Oh, I don't really care about by the Biden response to this. I mean, what's Biden gonna say? We did good. I can't I can't do a Biden accent, but he's basically just uh, look how great, look how many jobs we have. Oh. It, not going to mention anything about the inflation or maybe you will basically arguing workers are getting paid more. I guess that would be the politically popular thing to do. <sighs> no Ford reported yesterday the reports already out. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, 10 year, just above 1.9 here. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Yikes, look at this. Ford's now down 10.4. What's why? Is it just the institutional selling because of the jobs report? I mean, the spy is remaining somewhat stable here. I mean, we're getting ready for a green candle. Yeah, we're, we're getting for, we might get an average green here in just a second. Uh, the market is a bunch of malarkey. <laughs> That's a good campaign reference for Biden. That's funny. Look at that Tesla bounce again. 880 bounce again. Always. Uh, yeah, arcs rotating down here. Snap's still holding on to about that 41%. Really wants to hold on to that. Amazon, not so much. Uh, Amazon's only about 8.8 right now. Wow, Pinterest just got smoked. Look at the hour chart on Pinterest. Oh, what a like what a roller coaster. If you didn't have pre-market trading, you were not able to get out if you wanted to. Ugh. Dwack here. Dwack just keeps going. The worse things get for the market, the better Dwack does. <laughs> it's such a contrarian indicator. Uh, yeah. Ugh. Okay, so Enphase, quarter of a percent. Etsy, quarter of a percent. A firm, firm's back to fifty-seven, and yeah, Tesla's down about half percent now. It was it was green there for a moment. I know that was toast for a second there. Nvidia, where's Nvidia now these days? Two thirty-two, something like that. It's not terrible. I mean, compared to like the uh, the three hundred thirty people were paying, uh, you know, a month and a half ago, two hundred thirty sounds a lot better. Roblox at sixty dollars doesn't sound that bad either. Neo ran like nineteen percent on Monday. You know, it was crazy. Uh, <laughs> so what was it, Monday? Where's Monday? Yeah, 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 over here. So Monday, I was on a, a ski lift, and then I look, and I'm like, oh, whoa, 
Neo's back. I don't invest in Neo, and I'm not going to invest in the Chinese companies anyway. But I'm like, whoa, 19 on on Neo. And I was telling myself, I'm like, we got to see if that holds because that's good, or if people are going to sell that rip. And uh, I mean, here's your curve so far. Ah. Uh. Uh, okay, let's let's listen to this labor guy for a second. Brief second. I mean, that's a big. That's well, they, you know, they, it's they more have, than double. <laughs> well, again, I, I, we can't lose sight that we're, we we are living and working in a global pandemic, a once in a century pandemic. And I know the show previous before I came on, there's lots of talk about what's happening in the economy, uh, talking about recessions. I mean, I don't think this is necessarily deemed a recession, but we're dealing with a pandemic unlike anything we've ever had. Uh, you know, I think hopefully as we continue to move through 2022. We continue to follow President Biden's plan as far as dealing with the pandemic, dealing with inflation, dealing with the costs, dealing with the supply chain. All these challenges that the president ha ha has been ta ta tackling head on, uh, we will hopefully start to see some of this uh, normalcy settle back into our economy. Okay. What's Biden doing? <laughs> we deal with companies. A company like Amazon. I mean, Amazon is, is in many ways a microcosm of what the government has to try to do to calculate things. Have you called uh, someone like Andy Jassy? Have you called Bill McDermott at ServiceNow, who does onboarding? Have you brought those people into Washington and say, listen, we don't like our revisions. We know you can do a better job. How much time have you spent with them? Well, actually, I, I was in New York last week, and I spent a lot of time with CEOs of corporations. Ah, whatever. This is just about how they collect their survey data. Uh, Spy just went flat. From from down, so that's positive. Uh, VIX is at twenty five five. Spy did just go flat. This is the spy right here. Yeah, Snapchat's pushing up again a little bit. Forty four, almost forty five percent right now. Amazon's pushing up again a little bit here. Pinterest just pushed up about two or three percent. Okay, here comes that optimistic wave again. Yeah, I feel like we're on a boat and we're like, oh, here comes the bad wave. And then we're going the other way. Oh, here comes the green wave. <laughs> uh, Brent crude is up $2 now. My goodness. Uh, which also just fuels the fire of inflation fears. There's Dwack. Shopify and Spotify up a couple percent apiece. Wasn't, didn't Spotify do a lot better yesterday? Oh, no, never mind. I thought in after hours it, it tried to rally. No, it didn't really. Okay. Yeah, it does feel like you're seasick. I think that's a good analogy. Seasick from this this whipsawing market. Uh, like, look at this. Ford, folks. Ford is now down 11.5%. Uh, Ubiquity, 8% to the downside. LiDAR here. Uh, well, it's AI here. Uh, down 5. Peton's down 4 and a bit, trying to turn green. Mm, all right, well, we'll look at some headlines as well here in just a moment. Matterport shift. Wow. All right, well. These guys doing better, though. Uh, Amazon's added about a percent here, and Snap is trying to figure itself out. It's at about 35. It's been doing that for a little bit here. So we'll see what happens. Uh, let me go spy one more time here. Yeah, look at that. Spy's now positive. Whoa. Do I use Apple's magic mouse? Yeah, it's right here. <laughs> All right. Let me go see some news here. Oh, it looks like they're asking about the average hourly wage. 
Is that conversation ever going to reignite? I think, well, it's, it's, I, I'm having that conversation all the time when I talk to companies and I, I talk to folks. I know the president filed a bill. Quite honestly, Congress needs to act on immigration. This is not a Democrat or Republican issue. Mm -hmm. This is about an American economy issue. Uh, you know, we, we can't we can't put a Band-Aid on the situation when American companies and people in America need more employees. So I, I honestly think that that immigration reform is one of the most important things that the Congress can do in a bipartisan way to help American companies, American economy, and creating opportunities for jobs. Yeah, you definitely have a cover on that from the Chamber of Commerce and, and a bunch of other uh, groups. Mr. Secretary, thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Thank you, too. Thanks for having me. Marty Walsh. All right. Uh, all right, let's go see if we can get some news. So, NY Times, strong jobs report shows resilience of economic recovery. Yeah, and inflation. Fed was preparing to navigate its path towards higher interest rates, unexpectedly hiring held up. Uh, I don't know why that would mean unexpectedly. Uh, well, I know that unexpectedly hiring, but what does that have to do with the Fed? Oh, 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 a surprising jobs report makes Washington's job easier. Yeah, that makes more sense. <clears throat> uh, let's see what they're saying here. Mm, Powell and them are poised to raise rates for the first time in March. Uh, movement to cool the economy as inflation runs at its fastest pace. Fed has been prepared to look past a few months of virus-depressed job data. That's true. That is true. They were talking about how they were thinking about uh, ignoring, basically, the, the low numbers they were expecting from Omicron. And uh, now they don't even have to do that because uh, it's... Uh, you know, it's pretty clear that, that the numbers are a lot stronger. But they're they're good for the economy. Again, bad, though, for inflation. Omicron fog. Yeah, the Omicron fog didn't really do much. Uh, oh, wow. Look at the revision in November. Uh, in November and December, they added 709,000 more jobs. That's crazy. That's actually a big revision up. 709K to the, the uh, November and December totals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yield. Oh, look at this. <clears throat> Two-year yields are up nine basis points after this sort of inflation news here. A level not seen since February 2020. This is a cool little live blog here that the uh, the New York Times has. Oh, I didn't see that. I was looking for where the negative job was. Apparently, uh, it was in uh, construction. Which is weird because I feel like You've got a boom happening in, in real estate construction. Oh, well. Good job. NYT. All right. So, what is this? The monthly on Jan Spy is the range at which the markets will trade for the three, for three to six months. The channel that we're in. All right, let's, let's look for a moment. Ooh, look at that. Spy is doing nice. It's almost back to that uh, a 450 level. 448. That's a nice little run here. What's pushing it up? Oh, well, Snap and Amazon. These guys are coming back up. So you had the sellers right at the open. You had the sells right at the open, and now we're right back to uh, pushing. It's like pushing that baby out, going to the moon. Trade Desk, Pins, Amazon, Snapchat, these guys all kind of rotating up right now. So is Xbing, uh, Shopify, Square. Look at that move on Square. That's pretty nice. 
Etsy's got a little bit of a move too. We got some nice grain coming through here. Could end up having a nice little rally day after those earnings yesterday. Jobs report just really leading to a, a brief moment of uh, sadness. See, even uh, even Ford U-turning here, it's under $18 right now. You're just now seeing the U-turn. Who knows? Maybe that's an opportunity. Ubiquity at $249. Carnival Cruise Lines still under $20. Piton down about $2.3. SoFi Matterport still getting whacked. SPAC whacked. Hmm. Odds of this mostly being short covering. Hmm. I mean, that's possible. What did we say the shorts were on Snapchat and Pinterest and that? Let's see here. But then again, we were at these prices two days ago, right? So I don't, I don't know if that would make sense unless the shorts were loaded on while the market was falling and now they got to get out of those. Yeah. Pinterest is only 3.52% short and snap. Amazon was super low as well. Yeah. It snaps at 4.67. So I, I don't know. 10 year. Let's see here. Yeah, indices positive. Very nice. But uh, I'm pretty sure bonds, yeah, you look at that. You're basically at 1.9 here on the 10-year. And with oil sitting at, whoa, 93.27 now on uh, on Brent. Uh, Dow's bobbing. Well, let me see here if there's a delay on that. DJ. Uh, Dow Jones. Hmm. Understanding this market is something else, I'll tell you. Yeah, okay, now we're getting a little bit of those red candles again on uh, QQQ, SPY. What's Tesla doing? Tesla's up 1%, back to 906. Somebody wants to know, is options trading basically gambling? I wouldn't say so. Uh, I think it depends which options you're dealing with. I think if you're going for uh, most purchased options, it's it's significantly more of a gamble yeah, and speculative. I would say if you're you're selling options, probably somewhat better off. But you have to stick to your commitment, and and that is tough for people to do. Uh, you know, for for you to rationalize it because you could go and you could sell a put on on Tesla right now. Let's let's do let's pretend to do that. So let's go to, I don't know, let's go to uh, the 69. Yeah, come on, 69. It's perfect. You know that one's going to do well. It's 69 days out. So go to the 69-day option on uh, $900, let's say, at the money on Tesla. So let's say you made the promise to buy Tesla at $900, and you're going to sell a put. Uh, let me get back to my regular screen here. I want my order entry. It's there we go table. That's what I want. Okay, you're gonna sell a put on Tesla, which basically means you agree to buy a hundred shares of Tesla at nine hundred dollars on April fourteenth. If you're willing to make that commitment, which would cost you ninety thousand dollars, yeah, it would cost you ninety thousand dollars to make that commitment. If you're willing to commit to this, you'll get paid nine thousand four hundred sixty dollars as a credit if you hold the contract through expiration. It just means you're going to be buying Tesla shares for $900 on April 14th. Now, if Tesla's trading for 
$600 on April 14th, you're going to be pissed you signed that contract because that $9,000, you know, is, isn't going to make up the fact that you just lost a third on 90K or, or about 30K, right? So obviously if the price goes up, that, then, then you're happy because you're realizing more of this credit. Personally, I'm, I'm not doing any options right now with the exception of the only thing I have is a put on Lucid. No shorts either, other than other than Lucid. Uh, okay. So are we stabilized yet here, or are we just never going to get stable in this market? <laughs> You're going to be pissed, yeah. Uh, Ford's still trying to recover. It's under that 10% down right now. QQQ rotating back down. You're going to see this garbage, this, this up and down. As soon as we go up, it sells. As soon as you go up, there's a sell. Super typical, especially with a lot of these convictionless rallies that we've been seeing. Uh, Snap, Amazon, kind of trying to do that here. Trade Desk is holding up quite well today. Trying to get back to that $70. And uh, a firm's trying to get back to $60. Where's ARC? Yeah, yeah, ARC's up about a percent. So it's not a bad day. I mean, Tesla's up a percent too. It's not terrible. It could have been a lot worse if uh, you ended up uh, if if the market reacted more negatively to the jobs report and uh, to to the fear of uh, interest rates going up. So I have to say, I'm somewhat surprised that with those inflation numbers, the market is uh, actually doing as well as it is. Because I was not expecting that if we got bad inflation numbers on on jobs, that we would end up seeing positive S and P. Now, I mean, it's basically flat, okay? Actually, I think it just turned flat. Oh, there it is. Yeah, it's, it's basically flat, 0.01%. And the QQQ is at 0.1, nearly flat as well. But I thought for sure these things would be red, not not green. So, weird. <laughs> no, no, that's a good question. So somebody's asking uh, if I, uh, why don't I short? And is it because of people talking SH9T? Uh, no, it's it's expensive too. Uh, I do think probably the best way to do it would be to to just straight short with shares because puts are very expensive right now. So for example, if I go into SPY puts, let's say I wanted to hedge myself, my portfolio through April because it's 69 days, right? You can't lose, right? Obviously, you can lose all of this. Uh, and I go for the, I don't know, I'm going to go for something like way out of the money, okay? So I'm going to go for like a two, 270 spy put, okay? So let's say I spend $500. I'm sorry, I want to buy this. Okay, so I spent $510 to get the 270 spy put. What's my theta decay on this? Uh, theta decay here is two and a half cents. Yeah. Well, come on, man. In 30 days, in 30 days, I'm going to lose 75 cents. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> the contract's the contract's only worth 50 cents. Uh, yeah, the theta decay on this is ridiculous. I mean, the contract's worth 51 cents, and every single day you're losing two and a half cents. 51 divided by 
That means every single day I'm losing 5% on that contract. Dude, that's nuts. I that's freaking insane. You, you like it's so expensive to short. Uh it, it, on, on some of these contracts, it, it, the theta decay is terribly brutal. Very, very, very bad right now. Uh, and it's just because there's so many people doing it. That's the big deal. But, uh, you know, what, what are you going to do, right? That's the way it is right now. Uh, I want to hear what Jimbo's saying. About how companies adjust to pricing environments. Yeah. Remember the mini, the development of the mini that package? That That's one way to solve it. No, he is. He thinks about form factors. I have to tell you that he's, you know, he, he does not carry himself as a, a, a guy who is like, look, I'm a, you know, I'm a man of the world, never says that, but he is. And he's got his finger. <laughs> yeah, the theta decay is worth, worse than credit card interest. You may as well do cash advances on credit card <laughs> and short. Yeah, no kidding. Talk about that. It's an amazing product. There hasn't been anything new under the sun in that business in years. He's got it. He's got it under control. I think he's going to say supply chain. How about demand chain? The demand is unbelievable for Coca-Cola and its products. Let's do, take a moment to promote your uh, investing oh, okay. club meeting so with Lisa, Lisa Sue. Lisa Sue. Yeah. SQQQ, you know, going short the QQQ or something, possibly a better way to do it. I, I'm i not an expert on, on the uh, inverse leveraged ETFs. I should become, though. I will I will do some studying on that because that I think you're right. I think that's a, a substantially better method than uh options right now as long as the i mean as long as you don't get wiped in redemptions so tbd but anyway uh okay cool so snapchat still rallying here amazon still doing pretty decently uh, i have to say they're, they're doing quite well a lot of these various different stocks are doing quite well they're holding up very very well uh you've got cloudflare here at uh, 269 square 221 Rivian's up uh, almost a couple percent here. Tesla's almost at 2%. Well, not really. It's at 1.3. Yeah, Ford's the one that's still getting whacked along with uh, Shift Technology, Arrival, Lemonade. These are some of our losers today. But not a lot of big indice weights that are getting uh, that are pulling everything down. Yeah, let me see Google if Google recovered. Yeah, Google's only down about 0.6, along with Apple down 0.5. These were down a lot more uh, right right at the start. So good good recovery. Again, very surprising with uh, with this. Oh, that's interesting. Thank you for that, Joseph. Joseph here says, on the Bank of England video, you missed out that the governor asked companies to restrain from wage rises to stop the inflation spiral. That's crazy. You know it's kind of embarrassing when you have the central bank now begging businesses to not pay people more money. Come on, man. That's that's stupid. Why would they do that? <laughs> you know? That's dumb. All right. Um, you know, they, they gotta they gotta attract talent. Hey, let all my competitors stop raising wages. And then that way I can get the employees. <laughs> you know? Come on, free market. That's not gonna work. That's a really good point though. Uh, I do want to see if I could see that. Bank of England. Uh, wages. Do you know what line that was on? Time labor market. I mean, there, wages was only mentioned nine times. Mm -hmm. 
don't know that I can find it. Yeah, expecting things to get better by 2023, basically. Yeah, oh well. All right, well, check out the links down below for FTX. Thanks so much for hanging out with me. Appreciate it. And we'll see you later. How about, Kevin, how about we join you in starting a 100K position? Ooh. <clears throat> and trading the ups and downs with the um, with the uh, leveraged and non-leveraged. Ooh, and play those support lines. It's not a bad idea. All right, I'm going to think about it, uh, especially looking into the leveraged ones right now. Thank you so much, and we'll see you. Bye.